What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the formerly and potentially sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head, but mostly role-playing games, I promise. Did y'all know the name of the intro music and outro music I use for these episodes? It's called Lord Weasel. <laughs> Originally, I was going to use one called Walking Shoes, but somebody else was already using it. So I was looking through and I saw Lord Weasel and I was like, that's just too perfect. <laughs> but we'll get into more of that, more of that later. Before we do, though... I have a ton of call-ins from awesome people. It seems like if I feel sorry for myself and say nobody calls me, a lot of people call me. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you all so much for the calls. And let's let's get the hell into the calls. Hey there, Joe. It's John here from the Red Dust Diaries. Just been listening to your latest episode. Very much enjoyed that. And you're asking someone to call in and sort of tell you where the green and pleasant land quote came from. Now, I know one place it comes from. I don't know if this is the one you were thinking of, but I know that in Jerusalem by William Blake, the final sort of stanza slash verse is, I will not cease from mental fight, nor shall my sword sleep in my hand till we have built Jerusalem in England's green and pleasant land. So I don't know if that's what you were thinking of, but that's certainly where I know the quote from, dude. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Take care, and I'll catch you soon. That kind of hurts, Joe. I go out of my way to call in and do your show. Maybe you put on YouTube, you get more comments. Bleh. Anyway, a green and pleasant land is William Blake quote. I will not cease from mental fight nor shall my sword sleep in my hand till we have built Jerusalem in England's green and pleasant land. Yeah, it's a William Blake quote. Um, but you may, not that you haven't read William, or listened to William Blake or read it, you may very well may have, but you probably have heard it from the Dire Straits song, Iron Hand. So um, I'll let you do the lyrics for that because, you know, I can't sing. So that would be, well, I, I mean, I guess I could could, could read them you know, is a just text. So hold on. Dude, Jason, I think the lyrics you're looking for go something like for the iron will and the iron hand and England's green and pleasant land. <laughs> but John, I'd like to thank you for giving me some credit for reading William Blake. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, boys. That was awesome. Uh, I knew, I knew it was from something. William Blake, the Bible, same thing, basically, right? <laughs> but those were both fantastic readings. That's exactly where that, uh, where that, where I got that from. I that poem, Jerusalem, is awesome. William Blake stuff. Some of it I just absolutely love. Um, some of it, you know, that's true of everything. But again, that's more of the inspiration and foundations for why I am the way I am that we'll talk about later on in the episode. So thank you for that. And Jason, dude, that song rules, man. I'd never heard that before. I've listened to it like four or five times since you told me about it. It's awesome. I was never much of a Dire Straits fan growing up. You know, I like their hits, obviously, but I've never dove into their back catalog. So thank you for that. It, <clears throat> Excuse me. It totally 
reminded me of uh, the song The Silver Ships of Andalar by Towns Van Zant. I think I've talked about it before on this show, but it's got that same sort of surreal story time vibe to it that mm, I just, I love, I love. Yeah. Anyway, thank you both John Allen Large of the Red Dice Diaries and Jason Connerly of Nerds RPG Variety Show. Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Fuck. I have regressed. That's the story of my life. Regression. <laughs> anyway, thank you boys for that. That that you you made my day. You made my day with easing my brain on where that quote come from. Where that quote where that old quote come from. God damn it. God damn it, where'd it come from? Hey Joe, this is BJ. Uh, hey, uh, human versatility, the <laughs> the topic that will not die on Anchor, right? Uh, I was just listening to your to your current episode, and, and the caller came uh, called in and talked about that. And something I thought about back when everybody was discussing it, but I never really, I guess, expressed anywhere was, you know, when you're talking about fantasy, elves, dwarves, gnomes, the, these these other species that we have created into player character options, you know, they're really different variations of fairies and earth spirits and things like that from mythology that by definition don't have any versatility because they're not human. They're very, uh, they're a part of the natural world that fill a particular niche. So I don't think they were ever intended, at least in their uh, origins in mythology and legend, to have the kind of versatility that humans do. But if you think of them more like aliens that would have their entire civilizations, maybe the much more way, way we think of aliens in science fiction settings, you know, to, to achieve a similar, similar level of civilization and technology to humans, they would have to have that kind of versatility. Um, and it wouldn't be a monoculture and would have, um, you know, I, th- I think by, by you want to kind of get into the philosophy behind you know, how civilizations work and what would drive that. I've kind of always thought that if we were ever to encounter aliens, they would have to at least have a similar psychology to us in that at some point they would have had to have developed an advanced civilization and ability to cooperate and to develop technology. And, and there are just certain things that you, you know, again, this maybe is kind of a human-centric way of viewing things. But, yeah, demi-humans in a fantasy setting might be that way if they're large populations like humans and not just spirits. Dude, BJ, sorry it took me so long to put this call out there. But, yeah, if if you folks don't know already, that's BJ from the Arcane Alienist podcast. And it's a really cool new podcast. His first bunch of episodes are all about the world he's building. The, let's see if I can get this right, the mythical world of Erdun. Erdun. Something like that. I'm close. I know I'm close. But it's great. I love that stuff. That's my favorite sort of content to listen to is people's games and people's worlds that they're building. Uh, I love it. So, yeah, check out The Arcane Alienist if you're not already. But, dude, BJ, you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, that's how I I look at gnomes and elves and dwarves and so, not so much dwarves and halflings, but definitely gnomes and elves as alien as coming from a different place and not actually part of this 
material planes natural world or cycle uh, in my new campaign the little mini campaign that i'm running which i, I i'm kind of liking the world so i think i might keep the world around for a while and just run a bunch of mini campaigns in different different places because as with a lot of gamers i know i keep coming up with fucking awesome ideas and i know i can't get them all in in this 10 to 12 session campaign, <laughs> even though I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, I'm going to put this in. I was like, no, no, you stay on target, Joe, you stay on goddamn target. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for the call, BJ. I love your, I love your show. It's been really, really fun to listen to world building. Is it's, is it my favorite part of the hobby? No, my favorite part of the hobby is getting together with friends. That that's my favorite part of the hobby. Uh yeah, 100%. Second favorite part of the hobby probably world building. Third part playing, fourth part running, DMing, those get interchanged. Uh but definitely world building is on my top under getting together with friends so anytime i get to hear about others people's world building i really i just eat that shit up so thank you so much for the call and thank you for being awesome and creative speaking of creative i got another insanely creative person uh, with another call in about smart animals so let's let's check that out joe this is logan Man, you went straight from one of my favorite topics to another of my favorite topics and managed to tie them together, which was awesome. I I adore the endlessly fascinating yet ultimately unknowable ancient world and also animal intelligence. I think animals are way smarter than we give them credit for. We had the primatologist Franz DeWall visit our campus a while back. And he was talking a lot about how we keep having to raise the bar for what counts as intelligence, whether it's tool use or language or whatever, it's social structure, culture, all these things. And they keep rising to the occasion as we understand more about them. Have a good one. I aim to please, Logan. But I just love how many smart people there are in this community man i it, i i love it so goddamn much just the fact that in a casual conversation logan can just drop oh yeah we used to have a primatologist come to the university and stuff like that's rad i love that and it's so true right like animals not every animal obviously but they're smarter than we think they're definitely Smarter than we give them credit for. And as Logan adroitly pointed out, we keep having to change our definitions of animal intelligence so we can, you know, continue to not consider them intelligent. I, I sort of put words into Logan's mouth there. He didn't put such a sinister bent on it. <laughs> but that's me. Uh, and yeah, ancient civilizations. There was just a recent study done uh i learned about it on the ancient architects youtube channel um it's a great great channel you can see me arguing with people on there if you want more of me arguing in badly spelled and grammatically incorrect text 
arguments. Uh, <laughs> but no, his videos are fascinating. He's a wickedly smart dude. But yeah, there was just this study that came out on a bunch of the cave art in Europe. And what this researcher found through her hours of exploring these underground caves and studying all the art on the walls is that besides the depiction of animals and hunting scenes, there is also a written language. There were 32 characters that appeared way more often than the other ones and through statistical analysis and all that stuff and, you know, different symbols appearing at different points in the word structure and different symbols appearing at different points in history throughout time over this 40,000 year period. So 40 fucking thousand years ago, people were writing and I don't think you can have writing without civilization. Uh, yeah. Like writing, you don't learn writing. As I say later on, nothing gets Nothing happens in a vacuum, right? You can't learn writing from nowhere. It's got to come from somewhere. And you need time and shelter and stable food supplies, all that stuff, in order to formulate, create a writing form. Uh, and so, yeah, during the Ice Age... Humans were forced to live in caves and underground because of the crazy, insane climatic conditions. But they were still writing. And maybe it was fading because maybe so many people died. Like, there was a huge die-off of the population. I mean, there, there is. You can look at the Y-chromosome bottleneck theory of human evolution and development. Uh, right around 12,000 years ago, during the Younger Dryas, there, you know, in North America and a lot of the world, about, I forget the percentage, but it's some really high, I want to say 90% of all the megafauna were wiped out, were just, they went away. They were all killed to death. And humans are megafauna. We are just another form of megafauna. And there was a large portion of the human, the global human population was friggin' wiped out during that period. Cause it was the most intense climactic apocalyptic thing to happen to the planet in probably four or five million years in a long time. This was a gnarly thing that happened they're not exactly sure what but like i said they're thinking it was multiple impacts from a fragmented comet over the course of decades so just think of just impact events like <laughs> wipes out everyone you start digging out five or so years later boom another impact event there goes the sun again uh fuck me man and we lived through it we lived through that, so we'll get through this period as well. Uh, yay for past catastrophes that give hope for humanity. And dude, Logan, thank you for making me think and talk about this stuff because I love it. I could do it forever. I think it has everything to do with gaming. You don't have dungeons without a past, 
you know, civilization that's no longer around. So anyway, thanks very much. Uh, I think that's, that's all the calls. So Logan of Swordbreaker, the amazing Swordbreaker blog. And is it a blog? I don't fucking know. I know it's an amazing podcast that I love to pieces. I don't read blogs, surprising to nobody. But yeah, thanks to Logan. Thanks to BJ of the Arcane Alienist. Thanks to John Allen Large of the Red Dice Diaries podcast. And thank you to Jason of the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Uh, yeah, let's get into it now. Let's let's talk about why the hell I am the way I am. What's wrong with me? Here's something I've been thinking about for a little while. What the hell is wrong with me? Why am I the way I am? You know, I think people, some folks that listen to the show, and probably more folks that don't but see me on the Audio Dungeon Discord have thought that same thing on many occasions. What the hell is wrong with this guy? I, you know, I disagree with a bunch of stuff I see on the Audio Dungeon Discord. I tend to have a different take on things than a lot of the other Anchor podcasts. And, yeah, I've just been wondering for a while why. Like, what what is it that that makes it so, you know, to quote Jean-Luc Picard. Um, And I think, you know, I don't think this is a revelation, but it comes down to the media I consumed growing up, the inspiration I took from that media, and just everything me or anyone has consumed throughout their lives that go into the soup that is our imagination. You know, nothing is created in a vacuum. So, yeah, I thought I'd just maybe lay my cards down on the table a little bit more and just kind of put it out there, and maybe that will explain to some folks that just probably shake their head every time they see a post from me or see a new episode. But, yeah, you know, growing up as a kid... Even early on, I read much more Stephen King than I did Tolkien. And even in Tolkien, I was more of a fan of Merry and Pippin than Frodo and Sam. And I think the Merry Pippin versus Frodo Sam is a pretty good microcosm of the OSR versus New School situation. And yeah, so like Merry and Pippin, right? They're adventurers. They're out for an adventure. They're they're having fun. They're doing cool stuff. They're meeting insane like creatures and just having a good time while they do awesome shit even when bad things are happening to them. And Sam and Frodo just they were just like i don't know grubby grindy rat catchers you know always it was always how this is so hard oh my god this is such a chore like oh yuck man i did not i i do not like frodo baggins one wit uh sam is all right but even him i'm like okay you little subservient come on man get a spine Anyway, and in Stephen King and stuff like 
Robert Jordan, and I mean Brandon Sanderson came along later, but you know even the Dragonlance books. Like I always preferred the higher fantasy fantasy fiction than the lower stuff, and I think that's that's what it comes down to. But I find myself I'm in this weird generational gap that I I feel very strongly growing up in the 80s and 90s I was I'm 43 years old I was born in 1978 so growing up I always rebelled against being called Gen X when that term first started getting thrown around in the 90s my sister my older sister was super into Gen X for sure. So I was like, hell no. I love my sister to pieces. We get along awesome. But growing up, I was like, no, she's Gen X. I am certainly not Gen X. But at the same time, I am not anything near a millennial. So yeah, I think technically I am Gen X, but it's just that whole, I don't like labels. And so I find myself stuck in between camps a lot of times because if I would just also, so you guys know, if I was on Pathfinder forums, I guarantee you I would be arguing as much with those folks as I do with the OSR community. Cause I've met a bunch of Pathfinder community folks. And while they're awesome, uh, a few of them have been amazing people that I love, love, love to pieces. But yeah, I don't know. Like with any big group of people, a group, self-labeled group there are always folks in there where i'm like oh yeah no thanks (laughs) no fucking thanks but anyway so that's you know that's that's where i come from i like the high fantasy i want my characters and my games to be doing amazing things meeting supernatural creatures facing world-ending threats And not just grubbing through the dirt to get by every day because that's just, that's too much like me. That's what I do on a day-to-day basis. I'm a nobody with no cool powers. I grind through every day to get to the next. I have high points. I have low points. But in the, in the mean, in the average, it's just, it's just a grind, man. And that's cool. I'm not, I'm. (laughs) I don't mean I'm a nobody in the sense that nobody likes me, blah, blah, blah. I love my life. It's fantastic. Uh, But, yeah, I don't have any super fun, awesome fucking powers. I'm not a badass with a sword. I can't cast rad spells. And, yeah, so when I play role-playing games, when I play adventure games, I want to role-play and have adventures as something awesome. Uh, and that's, that's just where I come from. And yeah, I just wanted to put my cards on the table. So there, there they are. Read them and weep. <laughs> uh, let's see what, let's see what's happening next in this show. Cause I don't know. Well, there it is. I was going to say a little more, but I got super busy at work this morning after I had started recording, so I kind of lost steam. Plus, I just realized this episode was already over 20 minutes, so I'm going to end it here. Uh, I'll probably have more to say soon, because as of recording right now, my next session of The Rat Hack is 
tomorrow. So super pumped about that. Anyway, thanks again for the calls, John, Jason, BJ, and Logan. Really, really appreciate it. I hope everybody out there is staying safe. Uh, I just found out this week that everyone at my company, because we work with seniors, we are now eligible to get the vaccine. So I am on officially on the wait list. Cannot wait. Hope to get my first shot before the end of the month. And yeah, everybody love your faces. That's something somebody else says, not me. (laughs) Fuck me. All right. I'm out. Peace out. Now, snowberries sound pretty cool, but if reading Roald Dahl's taught me anything, you need to get your hand on some snozcumbers, mate. That's what you need.